retailers, I think, are famous for essentially having product too early or too late um, because their designers are like, oh, we definitely think people are interested in this thing because they're seeing it on the streets in New York, they're seeing it in Europe, but whether or not your actual consumer is ready for it is an entirely different thing. One of the biggest goals of artificial intelligence is to process human communication. But communication can change depending on the context. The way you talk to your family may be different than the way you talk at work. And if you work in pharmaceuticals, you'll talk a lot differently than if you work in fashion. And it's the fashion industry that CC Lee of Trendalytics is working to crack. In this episode of Uptech Report, Cece dives into her efforts to predict fashion trends so that manufacturers know what to make and retailers know what to stock. Cece, I'm excited to chat with you today and learn a bit more about Trendalytics and the journey that, that it's been on and you have been on as a leader. I'm going to ask you to start with describing your company in five seconds. What would you say? <laughs> Uh, Trendalytics is an AI and ML based uh, tool that essentially helps merchandisers um, in fashion and beauty space pick better product. Pick better products. Using that awesome technology, just pick better products. So the, the market segment is, is fashion. Correct. And is, it, is it helping uh, menu, uh, retailers and... Yes manufacturers? What's the, the main area that you then serve? Yeah. So the interesting thing about the way that our company works is that there's such a broad swath of information that's out there essentially to be mined um, that we can help anybody along the chain. So we help manufacturers, we help retailers, we help off pricers. Um, we help basically anybody who's tangential to the fashion industry who needs to know what people are interested in. And with this this problem that you saw, give me a good use case of, of one of your clients that like, this is where our technology really shone, it shined. <laughs> yeah, so there's a variety of different um, roles within those types of companies that can benefit from what we do. Um, but I think, you know, on a micro level, it can help. So here's a, a silly kind of example. Um, we had a, a retailer essentially who had a product and it was um, jeans, right? So they had jeans um, on their site and they were the, you remember the like holy jeans, the ones with all the rips and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so essentially they had it on their site and the fashion way to talk about that particular thing is by calling it distressed denim. Um, but literally zero consumers are searching for the term distressed denim because to every other person it's ripped jeans. And so they were able to essentially just make a quick copy edit and increase their click through rate by 20% because even if you have the right product at the right time in the right place, if your consumers can't find it, it doesn't matter. Gotcha. So it's understanding those uh, naming structures, the, the trends that you can make those modifications and see the insight. Yeah. So it's kind of a combination. Like we use obviously like natural language processing, but we also think about just what's the colloquial, like the fashion person way to talk about something versus the way that consumers are actually searching for it. Um, and another part of that also is understanding when you should have it. So uh, retailers, I think, are famous for essentially having product too early or too late um, because their designers are like, oh, we definitely think people are interested in this thing because they're seeing it on the streets in New York, they're seeing it in Europe. But whether or not your actual consumer is ready for it is an entirely different thing. So you're really just trying to help them connect what's actually out there and they just are not seeing for whatever reason. Yeah. You know what? Every retail company kind of says the like marrying the art with the science, but that's literally what we're doing. Um, as well as, you know, in a nutshell, it's more hits, less misses. 
and your business model subscription base is it, is it heavy on the um, software uh, or service side i mean yeah it's heavier on the software side um and i think that's changed over time but at the end of the day as a company a software company especially you can't really scale um if you're so reliant on services because obviously that scales as a one-for-one -one. um but with the software that people can kind of a la carte grab as you go customize it however they want to um you know the possibilities are a lot more limitless i guess is the way that i want to put it um wh what size of then retailers are then you working with um uh, when, like what's the cutoff on both sides or yeah it really there's no real minimum threshold i think it just has to be the 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 real way that we think about our customers from a, a like an ideal client profile perspective is you have to be interested in data you have to understand directional data and not just your like, oh, what did I sell last year? What did I sell here? What does it look like? Um, but there's no real bottom or top threshold. Uh, it does tend to be better, I'd say, um, with your largest retailers that have a focus in what consumers are interested in. Um, but at the end of the day, if you care about data and you care about um, you know, what people are interested in, um, anyone can kind of find a home with us. Obviously, it has changed over the years what, what the product is. Everything evolves. So tell me a bit more about the technology over the past several years of how it's, it's kind of morphed and changed into where it is today. Yeah, so I think at the beginning, um, really, the, the place that we went was a little bit broad. Um, so we have three different data sources. So we use search, social, as well as market. Um, and the funny thing is for our kind of target audience, every single company in our space, no matter how close to it or how far, uses the exact same language. Um, but for us, you know, the real differentiator has been using all three of those sources in equal measure. Um, so we have competitors in the space that focus really heavily, ooh, that was my dog, on only the market segment um, or on only the social media segment, but there are no other people in the space that are using all three of these things together um, to really create a predictive algorithm for based on um, the, you know, the leading indicators, mm -hmm. where does that say that your trend is going to go in the next three months, six months, and a year? Mm -hmm. you, you mentioned this, those three things. Can you expand on, on a, bit, a bit more then of um, how those come to play and then visually show up for, the, for your clients when they're interacting and seeing this? Yeah. So, you know, when we really think about it, so search, essentially, we're pulling from um, Google, right? Because, you know, what is a better indication of intent to buy than a, a Google query? Um, we're also scraping social media sites, mostly from influencers. So it's not from every single person, not from me and you unless you're an influencer, I certainly am not. Um, but it's, you know, who are the people who are leading that conversation forward um, that people are looking to, to then get their indicators of what they want to be um, wearing or buying in seasons to come. And then uh, e-com sites. So we're also crawling um, a variety of different e-com sites to then give you pricing information to understand, okay, so similar types of products, <clears throat> what's their average retail? What's their markdown rate? Uh, is it new to markdown? Is it highly discounted? Is it full price for a long time? Is your market saturated? Um, so you can get an understanding of what's going on in your competitors' proverbial yards. Gotcha. The um, uh, then end use case when someone's logging in and, and utilizing this, are they putting in their own fashion content and, and then being able to see is this good? Is this bad? How does that work then? It's more of a discovery engine, really, because we want people to be able to come in and either validate things that they've kind of seen on the street and say, is this something that is data, data supported and should I bring it to my divisional or what should I do with this? Um, but then also to be able to just say, 
you know what, surprise me, show me something that I don't know in tops because my job is 85,000 different things. And this is just one of them. Um, as opposed to for us, like our sole focus is to, okay, this is also a very silly term, but surprise and delight our users. So when they log in, they can say, you know what, I knew that puff sleeves were a trend, but I actually didn't realize that um, it was also just specifically organza fabric puff sleeves. So it's, it's a very, it can be very specific or very general, but the idea is to help retailers push the ideas forward. Um, even if it's a totally unsexy concept to understand also when it's right for their consumers, because you know, if you're too early or too late, um, people aren't going to buy it from you anyway. Mm -hmm. Does, do you give predictions on based off of those three different inputs that you're getting that there is a, a timeline of when this will no longer be in fashion anymore? Yeah. So right now, the way that our prediction engine works is we do three months, six months and a year out. Um, but based on where you as a retailer or you as a brand or you as a manufacturer um, sit on the adoption curve, that could be as far as two or three years out. So for example, um, if, for example, your customers adopt our late adopters, um, something that we're showing is an emerging trend that will grow for another year might actually have two years of life for you because it's an emerging trend that the influencers are wearing. However, your you know, soccer mom in Dubuque, Iowa might not be ready for it yet. Your clients then, do they customize their profile so they only see that data or do they, when they're going through it that they, they, they make the choices saying, okay, if we're, I know who my audience is, so I know this is good. Do you help them with that? Yeah, so it can actually be both. Um, so the way that the platform is built is endlessly customizable. And so you can track only the categories that you're interested in um, and you can save your filter. So every time you log in, you see the same thing. Um, we actually do like to direct our users to kind of, uh, what do I wanna say? get out of their own heads, right? Because you can actually self-select yourself into something that's so specific that you miss all of the context that's around it. And so the, the best way to use it really is to kind of come in and say, let's see everything, but mm. then I want to only see my own juniors, boys, graphic tees, but it's just so specific that you have to sometimes, you know, cause the trade-off might be, um, you know, from pants to dresses. But if you're only ever looking at pants, you're going to miss the fact that dresses as a category is growing. Mm. How long has the company been around now? Yeah, so the company has been around since 2013. I'd say in our latest iteration, though, um, really the last four, four-ish years. Four years. Okay, gotcha. And um, the number of, of clients, as I'm, I'm sure, changed over the years. How many active people are being able to utilize your 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 platform now? Yeah. So it's basically because we're B two B. It really varies on how they disseminate the information. So in terms of eyeballs on our data, it's in the thousands. Um, but if you look at the users, um, you know, they might be taking the information, packaging it and forwarding it out. Um, so a lot of companies have actually found success in having like a group of power users that then disseminate the information to everybody. Because even you still get the data, someone has to make figure out, okay, this is what we need to do, take action. Not everyone loves data. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so that's why we target very specific roles within those companies as well, because some people like pretty pictures, some people don't care about the pictures at all. Um, and so I think, you know, the kind of intermediary is the people who influence the products that actually go into the stores and stores can be calm. It can be actual physical stores. It can be wherever. Um, and you're right. Some people don't like data and that's been a learning for us over the years is who to target and who not to target. Um, but I won't discount people who you might not think would love data um, because some of our most active cohorts of users are the trend offices at a variety of the largest retailers. 
um, because they're also interested in what's new and next. And so I think they've actually, a lot of them have been um, like ducks to water. So I think don't put anyone in a box of you like data, you don't like data either. Gotcha. Um, looking forward then, uh, where do you see the company in the near term and long term? So in the next year or so, and then long term, like five or 10 years? That's a really good question, actually. Um, so I think near term, it's, you know, we have such an amazing opportunity at this point with everything happening with COVID and with all the stores being closed, I think, because you can't just rely on your current selling data anymore because you don't have any current selling data. But companies are still going to have to buy their assortments for next year. They're still going to have to buy their assortments for fall and holiday. Um, and so the question is, in the absence of data, what do you use directionally to fill that hole? Um, and I think that's actually where we come into play. And it's, it's been interesting because in the past, it's been mostly the most data savvy companies that have really signed up with us because they can not only understand their own data, but also understand the importance of directional data um, outside of their four walls as well. And so I think more and more people are going to have to get right get right with the man, for lack of a better term, and really understand how that influences um, how, what they're picking. Because especially, you know, they're not going to be able to rely on the old ways of doing things because in a lot of ways, the old way of doing business is, is dead, right? And you have to figure out how to um, innovate or die, right, is essentially the, the mantra in retail. And so I think that for the next year, it will be how do we strike while the iron is hot, um, but also just on, on a human element, help people when they're being tasked to do more with less. And that's also, that's kind of been the, the stage of retail for the past five to 10 years really is going through a period of contraction where the age of malls was huge and fat for everybody. And now you have to cut down processes. You have to um, be a little bit more nimble. You have to behave a little bit more like a startup. And so I think it will be helping people get through um, the most challenging time of, you know, their, their whole careers, right? We've had people who have been working for 30, 35 years say this is the most disruption that they've ever seen. And how do you navigate through that? And then I think longer term, obviously, there is so much rich data that we have. It's really going to be um, supercharging our data scientists to then say, what does it all mean? And how can we use it in a smarter way? Because from my perspective, we've really only scratched the surface on a lot of it. Mm. Where can uh, people go to learn more and what's a good first step for them to take? Uh, that should be such a softball question, but I'm like, well, that's a great question. Um, you can really go to, you can go to our website. So it's uh, trendalytics, T-R-E-N-D-A-L-Y-T-I-C-S dot C-O. Um, but you can also reach out to us at hello at trendalytics.co, very important, not com, co. Um, but yeah, you can really reach out. You can follow us on Instagram. You can see us on Twitter. There's a variety of different ways to get in touch with us, but the easiest way is to just shoot us an email and say, I'm interested because we're always happy to chat uh, through people's businesses. Also, um, get an understanding of what they're looking for and even just to do a demo. Be sure to check out part two of my conversation with Cece in which she offers some important insights, including the necessity of understanding the human perspective, why no meeting is a bad meeting, and how the rampant adoption of online working and schooling will change business.